everyone. This is Janice Alpert. Welcome to On Purpose, where we talk about how people find their real purpose in life and how they do it with purpose, hopefully, and on purpose. And I have a very, very wonderful guest. I'm always excited about my guests. Today, we have Archie Mesermith Bunting. I hope I said your name right. Well, I think I, I, think I did. Yeah. Close enough. And he's going to tell us about himself and how he got to where he is right now. So, Archie, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And yes, I am wonderful. Oh, Thanks for having I'm, me. First of all, thank you for doing this. I really, you are someone I'm just meeting right now along with the listeners. So yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Okay. Your family? Sure. Okay. So what do you want to do beginnings? We're going to do beginnings. We're going to do beginnings. Okay, We're let's gonna... do it. Let's do the beginnings. Um, so I was born in Alabama. Uh, ah. I do my best to hide the accent. I was going to say, I don't hear it at all. I know, girl. I know. We're going to get to why that is. But so uh, I grew up in Alabama and- mm-hmm. We also should probably disclose that I'm a gay, so I'm a gay. And when I was growing up in- All good. Well, I mean, if it's not, then goodbye, but okay. Exactly. Um, When I was growing up in, you know, I I may not look old, but I am seasoned. The viewers cannot see me, but I'm a little seasoned. You're adorable. Oh, thank you, honey. Thank you. Keep it coming. Um, It it wasn't okay to be gay when I was growing up, you know, like, so I was born in 1976. And so my parents were raised in a time that- we didn't talk about feelings. We, you know, there was no like, I mean, it was, t- if there was love, it was tough love. Now, yes, my parents uh-huh. loved me. That's not what I'm saying. I understand it, totally. It was, just, it was just a very, it was a very different time. There was no yes. PC and I lived in the sticks. So it was, it was an interesting childhood. That was kind of more interesting because I, I'm adopted. Oh, I'm an adopt. My younger son is adopted. Oh, mm-hmm. well, mine is too, but that's also because two boys can't. Well, you probably know. You probably <laughs> I, know how it works. So I we do know to, how it works. Okay. So we adopted. Um, but yeah, and you know, we didn't know what we know now today about adopted children. I was, I was placed when I was two and I'd been to two foster homes by that point. Oh, wow. Um, and, and as you know, from having a child, there's a lot that happens in those first two years, a lot. A hundred percent. There, there was no Oprah. Like I say that seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously, there was no Oprah bringing in that sort of information into your home. We watched, exactly. we, we watched the news one time at night, Dan rather, that was it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That was it. Right. So, you know, they didn't know what to do with me. So I was a little, I was a little challenged as a child. And then I'm just like super gay. Mm-hmm. Um, Were in, you an in, only child or did they adopt another? Well, so they, they, my brother is biological. You, yes, you know, I, my older, my older one is biological. See, I feel right. like you and I have like some things, <laughs> uh, like some things here. I don't know, but go ahead. Well, no, my parents, um, my, the people that I call my parents are my parents, right? So yes. like, yes, I know somebody out there did some things, but like my parents, um, totally. they, they, um, they weren't able to have children. And so they adopted, they adopted me and then everything kind of, their bodies kind of calmed down. Mm -hmm. And then here was this child. Um, Often happens. It does. It's very, it's very common. And so, I mean, my, my high school-ish career wasn't all that great. Oh, Um, I bet. Oh, in Alabama. uh, Okay. Yeah. That must've been tough. And you know, I wasn't, I mean, let's, let's be clear. I've always been gay. But I wasn't, um, I wasn't open about, you know, I was trying to date girls and I went sure. to church. There's a big part of my story that surrounds religion. Mm. Um, and I don't have much time for religion these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a spiritual person, uh, but religion, no. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. Uh, and so there was, I am grateful for the upbringing that I had because I remember all of it. I mean, I, I didn't drink or do drugs yet. Um, when I was in high school. So I remember it all, you know, okay. I remember my college career because I went to a private Southern Baptist University to, to gay myself. 
Because mm-hmm. if anything in the world can degay you, girl, it's going to be a Southern Baptist University. Oh, my guy. Um, I only can imagine. It didn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's um, that's sort of how it, how it all began. That was the, sort of the beginning of the Archie. So when you just curious, so during this growing up and you're trying to fit in and trying not to be mm-hmm. gay, even though, of course, you are gay. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any aspirations of like what you wanted to do with your life or like what was your major mm-hmm. in college? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've been singing since I popped out. I think I popped out singing, not screaming. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I've always been a singer and mm-hmm. I was a voice major in college and I knew that I wanted to go to New York and be a performer. And um, okay. and that was very not a thing that was like mm-hmm. done. Right. So I went to school because they had a very they had a pretty famous acapella choir and I wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, because it's Southern Baptist singing was totally fine. Like it wasn't a weird thing that a boy was singing because, you know, we all sing for Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I'm a big fan of Jesus. So like, don't, don't be, don't be, don't be Instagramming me. Like yeah. I'm, I, I'm a fan, but like, I understand. So when I, when I graduated college, um, I actually was outed and, um, okay. I was going to get on married. your own or, or someone. Oh, no, no. Oh, someone was... caught you got caught or. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Let's let's remove the gay thing for a second. If there's okay. something in your life that you're hiding and you're trying to be something that you're not, you can only keep that up for so long. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if I don't care what it is like. hundred percent. You as a human being can only do that. And so I just I, I couldn't do it much anymore. And so the guard began to come down mm-hmm. and um, I was actually engaged to a, a woman at this time. Wow. And um, and so that ended not super pleasantly, but you know, it, it ended. And, and then I was uninvited to, I was volunteering at a church because I was going to be a minister. I actually am a Southern Baptist minister. Um, because really, well, I'm sure there, I'm sure one day somebody's going to hear me say this and they're going to change the rules and they're gonna be able to unminister somebody, but currently (laughs) I'm still a minister. Okay. Um, And, uh, and so I was, I was invited to leave the church and I was invited to not come back because you were gay. Mm -hmm. Um, well, actually the words that were said to me, what were, um, I don't need to know if this is true. You just can't be here. Oh, I was like, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so I, I ran to New York city, um, where I promptly became the gayest thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is when drugs and alcohol quickly entered my life. Um, uh, because there was so much hurt inside. There was so much hurt and rejection. And, um, and so, yeah, I became a really, 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 really successful drug addict. Oh, wow. So how long was, so the, the fiance, you had broken up at that point and let the church kind of kicked you out, which was, I'm sure devastating and hurtful. So you go to New York. Did you, did you go into acting? I mean, did you get any jobs there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Before we move on for that, I do just want to say for anyone listening, the church could be such a welcoming place for all people. I don't know why they have, I don't know why religion has decided to latch onto this gay thing. And because there's so many other pieces of, if we're talking about this one book of the Bible, if that's what, if that's what your jam is, there's so much else there. So why did you pick this? Why'd you, the only word to explain what was, what is done to gay people is trauma to go to church every, every, you know, once a month and hear that you're going to go to hell. For something Horrible. that you know you can't change, that is trauma. So, um, Agreed. I, you know, you know, I'm going to answer your question, but fast forward today, my husband and I belong to a church, uh, mm-hmm. Presbyterian church. Um, our son was baptized in the church. Um, they are 100% welcoming and loving as a church should be. 
So or, or any denomination. I actually that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah. I feel that way. I mean, I'm I am I'm Jewish, but I'm not particularly I'm also very spiritual and yep. not necessarily religious. And what I find fascinating is I've been to a couple um, you know, gay weddings, and there are some rabbis that will not marry you. They'll marry you if you're both Jewish and gay, but if one's gay and not Jewish, then they won't marry you. I'm falling. I mean, out. it's no, it, it's like really. It's like, really? Because I have a friend of mine that had to find a, a rabbi that would be OK with it. And it, it was like, Ugh. and hence why I, too, am very spiritual. And it's not that I don't love being Jewish. I do. But it's a cultural phenomenon for me yeah. versus my spiritual growth, which is much deeper and certainly completely all inclusive. And just everything you're saying, as, as to me, it should be as it should be. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss the part of the Bible about like. You get to pick and choose, which I, I missed that part. I yeah. missed it. Yes. Well, <laughs> me too. I'm, yeah. Not that I ever read the Bible, but I if I, I did, like, I'm sure no I would have missed yeah. it too. Exactly. Um, so go yeah, ahead. So I, so. so I was successful in New York, um, meaning that, um, yeah, I got paid to sing and dance. So okay. that's success. You're working. Um, You're a working I, actor. Yeah. yeah I, I traveled the world. Um, I worked on a couple of cruise ships. It took me around the world. Mm. Um, I'd been to every continent by the time I was... 24, 25. Oh, um, as an I, avid traveler, that must have been for myself. I just love travel. So that must have been an um, experience. Well, little, you were working though. You were working. It's a little different when you're like five, yeah. six, seven, eight. It's a little different, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, performed at Madison Square Garden, did some off Broadway uh, shows, did some national tours. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I I I did the thing and I I I was very successful, mm -hmm. but drugs were a massive problem. And yeah. okay. I I went, it got to the point that I was using drugs intravenously. Mm. And then I overdosed more times than I can count in words. Oh, and then goodness. one of the last times I woke up in ICU having been intubated, um, mm. discovering that I had died the night before. And, oh. um, and, wow. and when a person gets to that point in their life, you only got two choices here. Mm -hmm. You can either fight and get better or you can use and die. Mm -hmm. And I'd already done number two. Yes. So I, I fought, I fought and fought and fought. And, and, and I wish I could say that like, I walked out of that hospital and I never used drugs again, or I mm -hmm. walked out of that rehab. And that's, that's not the truth. I didn't, I didn't get better until actually many years later, mm -hmm. when I went back to rehab again, and I got honest about the fact that I hear voices in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm one of the 51 million Americans who have a diagnosed mental illness. And like, I don't care if you know that today, but once upon a time I cared, yes. um, I didn't, I didn't get better until I started until I talked about the fact that I once tried to kill myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I, for me, until I started being really getting honest, saved my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's the way I try to live today. And that's, that's why I do what I do today. That's why I, mm -hmm. I share my story with people all over the world, because I, I, I don't want anybody else to ever hurt as bad as I did mm -hmm. and want to not be on this planet. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's some, that's some, I want to get back. I'm going to ask you another question in a second, but yeah. I just want to tell the listeners that Archie, one of the things that he goes by is the feeling guy. <laughs> and, um, so that during this time, and I love what you're saying, because so many people who are addicts or, you know, think recovery is like, oh, I had an epiphany and that was the last time I ever used. And then I was all done. And for most being a, a clinician for 40 years, most uh, people that I know with addictions, it's a few steps forward and then back and a few steps forward and a few steps back. And yeah. it's, it's very rarely smooth sailing and every day is a challenge. And so I'm, I'm so I'm sorry for your story. But on the other hand, the way that you're saying it, which is the truth. And that's about being honest, honest and authentic to who you are yep. so that it's not. So you're not going to go out there, which I totally respect and admire to the world and go, I had this problem and now everything is rosy posy. 
because whose life is so fabulous and rosy posy? Nobody's is that I'm aware of. Yeah. So it took you some years before yeah. you got to where you are now, in terms, especially today. in terms of sobriety. All right. So during that time, yep. you were were you still in theater during now sober time? Like, well, how did you change from what your career was then yep. to and then we want to tell the listeners what you do now? Sure. But how did that transformation happen? And yeah, well, so performing stopped for me. Um, it's really hard to perform when you're high. Um, yeah. It's really hard. And so that that career sort of ended because I chose this other life. I chose drugs. Okay. Uh, and then I accidentally fell into event planning in New York City and got really good at it. Uh, I said, well, accident, universe, faith, whatever you believe in, you know. Uh, yes. and, and that thread, um, again, accidentally, but also planned, ended me, it took me back to higher education through volunteering. I'm a member of a fraternity, a very large one. And I began volunteering for that fraternity. That volunteer opportunity led me to higher education to work on a college campus full time. That led me to get a master's degree late in life. And that's when I really realized, like, I always thought that I was born to be a performer and I am mm -hmm. just not the one wearing tap shoes. Mm -hmm. What I do today is the same thing. I'm a really engaging speaker. People listen. People like they stay the entire time, even if it's virtual. And mm -hmm. so I'm still using the thing I was born to do. Now I'm just changing lives instead of making you smile because I'm tap dancing. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is that when we're really, you know, following our path and our purpose, sometimes it takes a left turn and then a right <laughs> turn and then a whatever All kind the of turns. turn. Yeah. Um, and so we just never know. So I do have to say, I, I, I thought this was sort of, whatever, funny or cute or nice or uh, synchronicity that I saw that you went to, you got your graduate degree at Illinois State and I'm, you know, from Chicago. And so it, I know a lot of people that went to Illinois yeah. State. So um, yeah, so you're kind of- a little bit, yeah. yeah, you're a little bit of a neighbor. So you did the volunteering and mm -hmm. um, for this organization, you're still a part of it. And mm -hmm. you, then you said, I'm going to get a master's degree in like, what is your master's? Yeah, it's um, college and student personnel administration. So the shortened version is hired administration. I am I'm blessed that mine has a counseling focus. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know at the time that I was going to end up here. Um, what I was just, your thought at that time? Like that you were getting this master's? What, were your, what was your plan? I was going to work on a college campus for the rest of my life. I thought oh. that I was going to work with, you know, be on a college campus, working with college students. I mean, because I was making more than six figures in New York City. And in mm -hmm. case y'all didn't know, People on college campuses don't make the six figures. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, uh, I was a massive uh, life change for me, but I said, this is what I want to do. So I, you know, um, I don't really talk about this a lot, but whatever. I, filed, I had to file bankruptcy and I had to go through seven years of horrific, you know, debt because I was living this life that I could no longer afford because I just didn't right. make that, my kind of money. And it doesn't matter. Like if you can't pay the bills, you can't pay the bills. And so that, you know, I filed bankruptcy and, but I felt like I was falling, falling bankruptcy to follow my dreams. So, so here's just another great example that for, you know, for people to think, well, it's only about the money, you know, money. I mean, I hate to sound so trite, but it's just not going to, I like money. Money is good. We, we yes. all, we we're, like I'm, I'm sure you're for abundance. We're all for abundance <laughs> and I believe in it, but I also believe that if it's only going to be about the money, yeah. you're not going to feel fulfilled and something's just not going to feel right. right. And I've, I don't know, I've already interviewed enough for this podcast, maybe, I don't know, a dozen or so people, maybe more. And it always comes back to, yes, we want to make money and that's fine. But for people who do that and that alone, it's just not, there's always going to be that kind of unease, icky feeling inside. It's just not, it's just not going to work. 
So yep. you you did a majorly brave, <laughs> courageous thing by giving up that high salary to do something that you loved with no thought that it was going to necessarily end up in any bigger buck. Like no, it yep. was just about, I want to yep. help. Yep. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And I, I even, be, even before I transitioned to the speaker world, college students just listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, I, I, I firmly believe that college students can smell BS a mile away. Mm-hmm. I think that just the way the dogs smell fear, yes. college students just smell BS. Mm-hmm. And that's not who I am. And so even, even back then, they resonated with me, they listened to me, they, you know, they, they would go along this journey with me. So that's sort of, even, bef- even before I knew that the speaking thing was where I'm where I'm today, it was the seeds were being planted even back then. So back then, when you say you were helping college, was it with their career? Was it self-esteem? Was it both? What was kind of the focus? <laughs> all, all the all? above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, so I was working as a full-time advisor in student activities. Okay. I was still volunteering to support the fraternity as their chapter advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all, all the students would just come to me. Like my office would just be constantly, which was great. Like it was, it was great it, until I started getting my degree. Cause I was working there full-time and going to school full-time. Oh my. Um, and yeah, this, you were one busy fella, yeah. but I, mean, I didn't have a husband or a child back then. So, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, but it was, it was, it, I loved it. I mean, I loved, I loved everything about it. No, no matter, e- even the longest days, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Again, another um, indicator that you're on the right path. So <laughs> yeah. you're on the college campus, you're loving it. Yep. And how did you get to what you're doing now? Where I am today. Yep. So there was a bit of a leapfrog. I, I left Illinois State to go work for my fraternity. Um, they, they hired me to work with their volunteers. And so I, okay. I basically redesigned their entire curriculum. And then I got hired away by another group in the kind of fraternity world um, as their vice president of health and safety. And that's really when my career turned. I had been working in the, in the health and safety space and doing sexual assault prevention training. And okay, I was just going to say, alcohol. what do you mean by health and safety? Okay, yep, go ahead. So sexual assault prevention, alcohol and drug prevention, mental okay. health education. That's when I became the vice president of health and safety at the NIC. That's when my career like really took a turn. Um, and then in 2019, I said to my boss, I said, hey, just so you know, I'm going to leave at the end of the year, but I want to give you a three-month window um, because I know that like, you can't replace me right now. So uh-huh. he was like, great, please, please don't go anywhere. So I stayed for three months. And so then, this is right before COVID. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then in January of 2020, I took the leap and for two and a half months, things were glorious. I mean, my calendar was packed mm-hmm. and then the world went sideways and life got really scary. Oh, so that's an unbelievable time to make such a big shift. I mean, <laughs> you, you didn't say. know it. Yes. You don't say. So what? Right. So now we're already with your husband. And, oh, yeah. 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 Well, okay, we had so, a child at that point. We had so a you already had. So you had a yeah. husband and child and yeah. changing careers and going out there to start your own speaking career, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep. And then COVID hit. Yep. And so then what? How did, how did you? Uh, that yep. was scary for all of us, but certainly in a new business. Oh, my goodness. So that's a really interesting part of my story now. Mm-hmm. That wasn't okay. interesting then. Okay. Um, um, so I was headed home from Clemson, Clemson University. That was my last in-person speaking gig. And I was flying home from Clemson and I was, I was saying, where is Clemson? Oh, I'm sorry. South Carolina. South Carolina and, where do you, and you don't, you do live, where do you, I don't know. You live in, I think, Virginia now? Mm-hmm. Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I was sitting beside a minister, true story. Oh. And, and, um, oh, the universe cracks me. I know, right? He was preparing for his sermon on Sunday. And um, we were beginning to talk and, and we're on the plane and we get the notification that the NBA has just shut down. And I looked at him and he goes, 
I think I'm changing my sermon. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think you should. And I'm sitting there like in a full on sweat because I'm like, if basketball is shutting down, then it's just a domino effect to what's coming. Right. And, and honestly, within the next three days, all of my gigs, like the, I, I'm represented by an agency and all of them were canceled. And so truth be told, um, I laid in bed for two days and I felt sorry for myself and right. I ate lots of ice cream <laughs> and I screamed and I, and I was angry. And you were, then, with, your, you were with your feelings. I was, yes. with, girl, I was all in the feelings. Um, and then I realized, Archie, if you don't do something, you're going to get high again. You're oh. going to go. I mean, you're like, I was spinning. And so I, I, I practiced what I learned in the program. And so I created a program. It's uh, called You Can't Wash Your Anxiety Away in 20 Seconds. It was right when like all the celebrities were singing, washing their hands. And that's yes. when we learned you wash your hands while you're singing a course. Mm -hmm. And so I created a program and I, I, e I emailed everybody I knew. And I was like, hey, I got this program. It's free. If you want it, let me know. And so I did upwards of 30 free programs. Wow. Um, free, free webinars, just mm -hmm. giving it away to people with really no expectation in return because nobody had any money. Everyone's budget was frozen. So high school, college, churches, corporations, people overseas. I mean, like just tons and tons of programs. What I didn't know was, so I, I but I was like, I was putting this online, like I know we're not collecting online. And I put it online. I was like, um, people were seeing that I was doing these programs. I didn't realize the rest of the world thought that I was like killing it. <laughs> they thought that I was like raking in the money. I, I didn't get paid for four months. Like there was but on no, the inside, you were still loving it. You, you still, you felt you I, had, it, it was. I had, I had found this thing that I, cause, because to be honest, when I began this career, I thought that I was going to be the drugs and alcohol guy. I okay. thought you were going to call me to talk about the drugs and alcohol. I didn't think you were going to call me to talk about my mental, my mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so now I found a way to educate people. Um, and I do have a mental health first aid certification. So it's not like I don't have more degrees, but like I have, I have some, some, you some knowledge, some, right? You, you got some cred. You I got some, some cred. cred. Um, but I found a way to get college students, high school students, elderly people to listen in about mental wellness. And I believe changed some lives. And Aww. what was, what was fascinating is that when we began to come out of the bubble mm -hmm. and people began to hire speakers again. I did it. I've been, I'd done it 30 times. I knew how to present virtually. I had all this backdrop and all the lights and all the stuff. You and everybody else ready. was just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the takeaway from that is that, yes, I felt my feelings and I mm -hmm. cried and I was angry. And then I started giving back. Rightly and that so. giving back has multiplied numerous times. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a, now it's a really cool part of my journey. Wasn't cool at the time, but it's cool now. I can you know, sometimes, but that's another, I'm so really, I think that's so great that you shared that because sometimes when we're in the thick of something that feels like this is so horrible, you know, I always say, you don't know, like, um, right now seems like it's really horrible, but we can't see that down the road, this, yeah. it end up may, it might be a gift, uh, no matter what happens in our life. It, the, it can seem like the most horrific thing on earth. And yet if you just wait, and, and do your work, which is feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. Am I still helping? Am I still being of service? Am I doing something that I love and touches my heart and soul and hopefully touches others? Something good is bound to come from it. So you just sometimes you have to sit with it. So, um, and, and like you said, giving back. So, so now you, you gave back, you did it. And, and I, people came out of the bubble. So what's happening now? I mean, now we're sort of 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I we're think not, we're, we're going not, back in the bubble. We're, but, we're yeah. not exactly in great um, right now, but so what's happened over the last year after the first few months? Yeah. I mean, I, I am very grateful for the blessings that have come my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I launched a podcast um, mm-hmm. and I, I call what a feeling. And so we talk all about feelings and um, it's been really fun to see that mm-hmm. grow. And uh, I mean, these podcasting streets are lonely. Okay. I mean, I this, it's, it's a lonely, it's a lonely road, mm-hmm. but it's been cool for people to reach out. that don't even know. Um, I have um, sort of re- my, my company and my brand is Archie cares. And so I've really kind of solidified. Oh, I love oh, right. that. Isn't, isn't that cute? I know. Right. I love um, it. I mean, you know, I decided if I'm going to like be a small business owner, then it is going to say what I mean. And I care. So um, yeah, Archie cares. Oh. And um, yeah, I so can really, see that. I can feel it, Archie. I can feel it. Yeah, go ahead. So you can get a T-shirt at ArchieCares.com. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been fun to see this thing grow and to um, to do more speaking and uh, to have corporations and conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several conference gigs lined up. I hope that they happen um, because I people so. people really have realized that they need this support and conversations about mental wellness isn't going anywhere. Um, so look, I, I've been look really at, blessed. Look at what happened to Simone Biles. I mean, you know, if that's not, I mean, I to talk about trying to get it up out there in, in, in yep. the international community, let yep. alone in the, in the U S yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so Archie cares. What does that incorporate? Like, yeah. So speaking and consulting. So I do, um, okay. I'm not a coach. So I do, um, I do speaking, whether that's at a, in the virtual or the public space. Um, and then um, I really wasn't going to be a consultant, but a company said, hey, could you come in and like, just, just like, have like, what is, what, what are we missing here? And so I, I take a different approach when I'm doing leadership training. Um, I believe in feeling-based leadership. And I don't think that most people in corporate America believe in feeling-based leadership. I would say you're <laughs> correct. Yes. Uh, so it's it's a different it's a different angle. It's a different way to look at things and to to look at the person as the whole person and to to say to them this, you, you know, your 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 people have probably been working from home for a year. Most of them have been you know wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt, and now you want them to come back to work and wear some costume to be at work. And then you want to tell them, check all your feelings at the door. Like, what world do you think we're living in? Like, that didn't work before, and it sure doesn't work now. So, you know, I, I have a very direct approach, and I, people, you know, people respond to it or they don't. Um, but uh, luckily, so far, people have been very responsive, and so it's a, it's a new it's a new part of the business. Yeah. So, so curious. I mean, CEOs. I mean, I am with you again. I, I think this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, like, fabulous. Love it because <laughs> I too have often felt like. What do people think you go to work and that you're not a human being anymore? You're no just a, either right. an accountant or a salesperson, right. but you have no other feelings. Nothing's happened before you walked in your house, like your kids yelling at you or you got had a fight with your spouse or no, none of that's happening. You just walk in and put all feelings aside. That's ridiculous. And so to me, ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. So, but I'm curious, mm-hmm. companies are on board with what you're offering. Okay. Now I'm not talking about the whole world. Um, <laughs> you know, okay. That's not what I said. Don't, don't tweet that out. Um, yes, the, the, the handful of companies that I've worked with, and I, I'll be honest, one of them, the CEO was not really for it. He was like, I'm not really buying all this. But then by the end of the training, by the end of the conversation, he was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can see there's a place for this. I still want my people to get X, Y, and Z done. And I was like, okay, but do you understand that just by saying that you're negating the beginning part? Like they're yes. going, did they get their work done the past year? Yes. Did your company remain in the black this past year? Yes. Then lay off. 
lay off. Like just, just stop here for a second. Ex- Not lay anybody off, but just like stop, stop with the the dip. So yeah. Well, um, it's such a backwards way of thinking that if people are, if people come to work and um, start addressing their feelings. So not that this is about me, but back, I was a professional speaker for part of my career. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do was to go into companies and my specialty was eating disorders and emotional overeating and compulsive overeating. And I wanted to do these six week workshops on in the corporation. So like at all, because I live in Illinois and Chicago area, so all state. And I wanted to come into the big corporations and do these workshops about helping people deal with their feelings so that they're not using food. And I framed it in my little press kit with <laughs> if your people, if your employees are being more um, healthy psychologically and certainly not using food inappropriately, they will be more productive. And so it will be a win-win. And it was a very, I did have a couple companies. I did do it at a couple local colleges, but it was very hard sell. Again, this is 35 years ago. So I don't know if anything's been better now. It was a very hard sell to have that concept that, no, no, if you're, again, the people that work for you are more emotionally heard, understood, supported, their productivity will be better and your company will make more money. So how do you feel that's going now in 2021? Yeah. So I'll answer that this way, that in the beginning of, so I've, I've called the pandemic an experience because it just sounds more pleasant. Um, it is an experience, one that we'll never forget. Not, yeah. Not pleasant, but yeah. In no. the beginning of the experience, even some of those companies I reached out to offered free programs. They were like, ah, we're good. Four months later, they were like, are you still available? So <laughs> okay. I, I, I think that on the, on the whole, people are beginning to realize the people that own companies and are the HR managers and the COOs and all those mm-hmm. things that their people are their most important commodity. Exactly. And I, don't, I don't care what process or what software, if your people aren't, aren't at the top of the list, nothing, nothing else matters. And, and, they, and, and I've really seen, I, I've, I have begun to see a bit of a sea change in that. Okay. Now, do I, do I think that like everyone's going to roll out the, you know, the, the mental carpet. wellness red carpet? No, um, but, but I, I hope what doesn't happen is I hope that they don't think, oh, well, we'll just stock the fridge with some sodas and we'll buy some snacks. Bah. Like that's not what we need. No. Um, so I, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's beginning to change a little bit, but it's going to take a while. Right. Well, you know, that's with everything with change, you know, everything is like baby steps, as I was saying, but um, I'm happy it's a little bit better now than it was 30, you know, years ago. <laughs> yes, um, and so meanwhile, while you're doing this though, you feel like you're, you know, in terms of you're still loving it, you feel you're on your path and mm-hmm. this is kind of what you were meant to do. Absolutely. I don't, I don't really enjoy the the like business business side of it. Like mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy sales, mm-hmm. not really my thing. Um, I also don't really enjoy finances, mm-hmm. um, but I've also now I've just, I've, I found some other people to help with those things um, because I, that's not my, that's not my thing. Like my accountant is like, what is this expense? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it, it says Best Buy, probably electronic. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, this is a hundred percent what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. Um, yeah. We're just, you know, but right. you know, with a, with a, with a husband and a child and mm-hmm. we're trying to, you know, now that I'm going to be on the road again, some mm-hmm. I leave tomorrow for um, Starkville, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to also figure out, you know, ch- all the things that people with kids go through is exactly. coming back now. So. Exactly. But that's the whole thing. You know, when you find something that you love, you know, not to be all Pollyannish about it, there is always challenges like, yeah. you know, and I've shared about this, that I wanted to do this podcast. I got it in my head. I'm not particularly technologically, you know, savvy. And I thought <laughs> I, I, 
I, as I've shared before, I, I went on YouTube and I looked at how do you do your own podcast? And I saw people in their closets with, you know, the towels around them to make it soundproof. And I went, I don't even know how to get a microphone. So, you know, one thing led to, so I just really put it aside. I went, I'm never doing this because it's just, I can't do it. One thing led to another. And, and then all of a sudden Noah number came to my attention and, and he does everything. And I come and I just talk to people, which is what I do. I love to chit chat and get I mean, to know he's, people. He's pretty fabulous. I mean, let's just, pretty f- let's just, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. He is fabulous. And I would say I, you, he knows I could never do this without him. And, um, and I wouldn't do this without him. So, um, no, he's, he's, he's terrific. And, and yeah, so, but the, the, the point is, is that you can't think that, you know, and I've said this many times before, but just I'm reiterating, you know, our purpose is not necessarily that everything's going to be just so easy and whatever. But when you're in it, when you're doing it, whatever the challenges are, you'll find a way to handle yeah. those. Because if you're going to do what you're supposed to do, the rest will come. And, and you have to kind of trust that a little bit and take that leap of faith, which you did. And it sounds like you're really enjoying it. You know, most of it and the stuff that you're not enjoying, you farmed out, which is smart. Yeah. yeah very, very good. All right. So I always like to ask if you, if so, so let's say somebody's listening and they're thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know, I have this idea, but I don't, I don't know if I can do it. And they're just that they, they have an inkling though. Like this is where I should be going. Do you, any thoughts for them or words of encouragement or. Yeah. I mean, just take a step. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I, when I took the leap to be a full-time speaker, I had done it many times before. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was working my full-time job and I was, it was kind of always like a side hustle, like Mm -hmm. people or like a side gig, not a side hustle, a side gig. People would call me and they would, you know, so, so when I took the leap, I, I felt pretty certain that there would be a net. I didn't know that COVID was coming, but I felt pretty certain there'd be a net. And I thought that that net would not have holes in it. So I thought (laughs) that like, I can do this thing. So. You know, I mean, when I was in when I was in college and I was in high school and I was like, I want to do this thing. Well, I took a step. So I go take a dance class or go take a voice uh-huh. class. Right. You know, so it's just about taking a step. And I, I think I think sometimes we there, you know, you know, you see people on Shark Tank and they're yeah. like, you know, I sold my house. I sold my <laughs> wife and my dog and I'm yes. going all in on this idea. I mean, that is extreme. So it, it and as Most a drug addict. As a drug addict, I, I am very extreme. I'm mm-hmm. like, if one popsicle tastes good, let me eat 10. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I, I understand extremes, but I, I think it's just about a step. Just take, just take mm-hmm. it, you know, if you want to do something, go take a dance class, go take a reading class, go, you know, right. ask somebody if you could speak for free. I didn't get paid the first time I spoke. Are you kidding? Nor so did like, I. I mean, so yeah, just, just put yourself out there. And then if it feels right, be like, mm-hmm. okay, that felt okay. It's kind of like, you know, when you try on, when you try on clothes, right. you're like, ooh, that doesn't feel good. Well, then try on something different. Exactly. And then, oh, look, I like this shirt. I'll wear this one. So yeah, I, take a step. I, I think that's great advice. I remember even when I wanted to be a therapist and I also, I was married with two kids and I went, well, how am I going to do this? And I thought, well, I'm just going to take one class. I wasn't really ready to commit to a whole master's program. So I took one class and I went, oh, I did pretty well. And I liked it. And I took a second class. And it wasn't until I had taken, I remember four classes, then you had to commit to the actual degree. And I, but I could still was going part-time and I went, okay, I'll worry about the internship. Cause you know, once you do the internship, yep. then you have to put a little more time and energy into it. I said, well, that's not going to be for another year or two. The kids will be a little older yep. and I'll worry about that when the time comes. And I did, and here I am. And I'm so happy that I did it. So I love that about taking the step in. Um, I think it was Cheryl Sandberg that wrote that book five, 10 years ago about lean in. And, you know, it was, I know it's mostly about women to women, but whatever, I think it's for anybody. If you just lean in a bit, a bit. then 
you know, to what your passion is saying or what that voice is saying, you're probably going to find, you know, what your, your purpose is. And particularly if you're in touch with the feelings as you're calling, you know, what's your Mm -hmm. podcast called the feeling, what a feeling, what a feeling. And your nickname is the feeling guy. So I love that. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, Archie. It was a pleasure having you and meeting you. I'm going to just, I picked a quote, which I think is a good quote. We'll see. Okay. Cause it's about feelings. All right. So it's your feelings and emotions are your strongest indicator if your life is moving in a purposeful direction or not. So listen closely to how you feel and you will find your purpose. And that was by Rebecca Rosen, who is a amazing spiritual person out of Colorado, Denver, who I like to listen to her podcast. I think she's kind of a cool, cool lady. So yeah. So thank you so much. You are a delight and all the best to you on your speaking and all the things you're doing. I think you're doing a great service to the world. So thanks. Thanks for having me. So that's all for now. I'm Janice Alpert. Hopefully you're doing your life with purpose and on purpose until next time. Bye-bye.